What's going on, everybody? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys, this is Kevin from the Card Progression Podcast, brought to you by Rocks are rocking, it'll thrive. Guys, I'm going to say this about this podcast. This is like the Fast and Furious Dominic Toretto podcast, because it's all about the family. You're, you're going to get why if you listen to the whole entire thing, which you absolutely should, because... My God, this is this is an incredible episode. But before I do that, I want to thank our sponsor, Phoenix Fitness. Guys, I've been going nonstop, going to shows, going into mosh pits. And if you guys have seen me at shows in the Milwaukee area, either going to like you know Milwaukee, either going to Madison, Wisconsin, Green, Wisconsin, down to the Chicago area. If you've seen me at any of those shows for the past month and a half, you will know this one thing. I have been in those mosh pits and I have not gotten out for any reason. I have not dropped out. I have not stood on the side of like, okay, you catch your breath. No. I've been going nuts because I've been working out like crazy. I've been hitting that cardio real hard with, you know, running, biking, stairmaster, whatever it might be, making sure that strength-wise, cardio-wise, I am there. But it takes a lot to get to the, in the gym, so I'm hitting those goals. But I also have a lot of help there as well to make sure that I recover right, make sure I'm prepared right, make sure I'm good to go. That's where Phoenix Fitness comes in. They have different supplements like pre-workout, both stim and stim-free. If you don't like really work well with caffeine like myself, their peach mango flavor, that's what I like to use. BCAA recovery compounds, uh, protein for your AM, PM, or after workout stuff. I recommend chocolates, uh, creatine, multivitamins, whatever you might need to achieve your fitness goals. Phoenix Fitness has that help. Our listeners and viewers on YouTube get 15% off, 1-5% off using the code MSOTD at FNXFit.com. Link description below. Make sure you do that. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. Now under our feature presentation. I met this band. Well, I didn't get to meet this band, but I get to see him at Blue Ridge. And it was on sheer happenstance. I was walking back from Sitch Apart. I saw their set and they had a great pick going. I'm just like, oh, mosh pit, yay! So I went over there and I talked about them in the Blue Ridge Rockfest fiasco. I gave them a shout on that one because I had to. Their, their set was great. To the point where they promoted the shit. They promoted the episode. And I'm like, after that, I'm like, shoot, let's get them on the podcast. So bing, bang, boom, they are here today. So please welcome Mindy. Please welcome Matney and please welcome Ryan from the band Dying Oath. And remember, you're going to want to listen to this whole entire thing so you can become part of the family. Are you guys ready? Enough of me talking. Let's go! Yeah! Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Chord Progression Podcast. If you guys watch any of my Blue Ridge Rockfest Fiasco podcast. At the beginning of it, I mentioned something that went right. And one of the things that went right was the bands. I mean, the bands went incredibly right. And I mentioned this one band by name because after seeing Stitched Apart on Friday, I was walking over and all of a sudden I saw them. They were playing really well, loud, heavy, something I'm like, ooh, I like. And I saw a mosh pit there. I'm like, okay, I have to kind of go into this because this seems like a really good idea. And by the end of their set, there were about 20 of us in the pit that literally formed a line. We're bowing down to them like... Wayne and Garth to Alice Cooper going, we're not worthy because, well, at that point with the vocals and with the instrumentals and everything around it, we were not worthy. So please welcome Mindy, Ryan, and Matney from the band Dino. So all three of you, welcome to Chord Progression Podcast. Hey, thanks, hey, man. Thanks, man. Oh, dude. thanks for being on. How's everything going? in? Because uh, you guys are from Southwestern Virginia, correct? Yes, we are. So how's everything going in Southwest Virginia during this uh, time in life? Uh, well, fantastic for us, um, you know, as a band and, you know, as musicians, can't really say about the rest of Virginia, but, you know, <laughs> and things are going well for us and we've been really blessed, especially since Blue Ridge. So 
Yeah, because I've, I've seen a lot of people start talking more about Dino since the whole entire Blue Ridge thing, especially since your set. It seemed like a lot of people, when especially when it came to the smaller stages, not the bigger stages where more of those national touring acts were going to be performing. A lot of those smaller stages where some more of the regional acts were performing, people were going to them. It was like there were a couple of bands that I remember talking to people about that really stuck out in people's minds as the bands that absolutely took that time that they had and used it to the absolute most that they could. And you guys were consistently one of those like two or three. Thank you, man. Definitely appreciate that. Um, That's really what we set out to do is use every second that we had to try and draw people in because you only get 20 minutes on that stage. So you have to make every single minute count. So we were like, okay, we've, we've got to map this out so that we can use every second. And, and I mean, like I said, you guys absolutely did because I think you guys went on right after stitched up heart ended. And as I was walking over, it was, I don't remember how big the crowd size was, but for one of those smaller stages, it was rather sizable seeing how big of a pit you guys had going I mean, like I said before we started this, like I will, I walk past, I'm like, ooh, a mosh pit. And all of a sudden my, my, my brain is like, stop whatever you're doing and go in there right the fuck now. And I'm like, okay, let's go. <laughs> and it was just an absolute blast. I remember seeing like two or three people in there that had seen me throughout the whole entire previous day because I was wearing the same hat. And it was just like, oh shit, this guy's here. And now all of a sudden we're like family in there in the pit partying, having a great time smashing into people. And I mean, not gonna lie, your music really was the catalyst behind all of just how hard that pit was going with everything that was going, the cohesive unit that it was, it was all based upon the music and the performance that you guys put on for those 20 to 25 minutes. Thank you, man. I, it was magic for us, honestly, like between, well, first off, they had this uh, vote on whether people should come and see us or see Nonpoint and Nonpoint ended up dropping like right before we had to play. So logistically, you know, it was kind of magical because most of that crowd came to us. And then, of course, we had Stitched Up Heart who opened the show. And most of those people came straight over to us because they're like, oh, another female fronted band. So they're like, "Okay, this is pretty good. So we ended up getting both crowds and it meshed together to make one big crowd. So it was really magical, man. It really was. It really did well. And I want to just say like with the non-point guys as well, because I saw what happened to their whole entire thing with the fact that uh, while on their way there, their their rig that was attached to the back of their trailer detached and all of their equipment went flying on the side of the road and somewhere in Tennessee. Yeah, that's really awful. And those guys were actually really nice to us because when that poll was going on, they were actually telling people to come and watch us because they are amazing guys. They really are. So after I heard all of that had happened, I actually donated money to them because they're just really great humans, but they're also a really great band. You know, I, I grew up loving Nonpoint, So, you know, to even be on the same poll as them was awesome, but to have them shout out to us was even more awesome. So shout out to those guys. Yes, absolutely. Shout out to Nonpoint. But when it comes to Ryan and comes to you, Manny, when it came to the whole entire thing with Blue Ridge, especially you guys being on stage, making the most at 20, 25 minutes, how do you guys feel it went, especially from your perspective as not the front of the band? <laughs> it it was amazing. It was phenomenal. We we went up and we started doing the sound check and everything. And, uh, you know, looking out and seeing some of the people come in, you're like, oh, well, you know, four, five hundred people. You know, this is going to be cool. So we finished setting up and everything. Then we walk off stage and finish getting ready. And then we come back out and then it's like tripled <laughs> where, where the hell did all these people come from you know? 
<laughs> and uh, the crowd reaction, the participation, especially in the end of days when it's, you know, when Mindy starts singing, get down on your knees and just watching them jump and everything. It was a phenomenal moment. For sure. Uh, my brain definitely clicked off <clears throat> immediately after the first note of end of days turning around and seeing like exactly like he was saying, like 500 turned into this huge mountain. It's just like, Oh, click. And it's just <laughs> the fine dining and breathing or rather performing and breathing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is definitely one way to put it. I like fine dining and breathing, but performing and breathing. I like that way to put it because it really did. It really did show. And again, one thing I'm always huge about when it comes to live shows, especially when it comes to, bands that are growing and emerging in the scene and it comes to really trying to grab a hold of a crowd when you have a chance like that it's how can you make the most of it and one of the biggest things to do is just have the sheer energy and just have the sheer passion behind your music when you're playing on stage because if you're gonna have all these people kind of come in from you know that we're gonna that we're seeing stitch apart and potentially we're gonna see non-point but all of a sudden now everyone's kind of converging onto you okay now you've got this huge crowd for you like you said you go off stage after the sound check there's 500 people you come back on. There's three times that many. You got to use that energy to just really create this overall immersive experience so that the fans can just really feed off that energy, create this massive energy in the crowd, especially in the pit. And next thing you know, you guys are going to see that we're giving more energy than you guys are. And then you're going to want to give more energy so that it just keeps going back and forth to the point where by the end of the show, you guys feel like you gave one hell of a performance and in the crowd, we're like, these guys gave one hell of a performance, and it showed because look at what the hell the crowd was doing. Like, my God, we all bowed down to you guys at the end. I mean, the crowd was absolutely spectacular, and the number one reason why we played so well. I mean, practice is one thing, but like you said, that energy coming back to you full force was unlike anything that we've ever done. I mean, we've played some pretty big shows, but that was just crazy. And the thing that really got me was at the beginning – as soon as we walk out on stage, we're ready for them. Well, ready for stitched up heart to finish playing and the crowd starts chanting our name <laughs> and she's not even finished with her last song. And she actually looks over and points at us and smiles, you know, and somebody caught it on video and sent it to us. And I was like, that's really crazy because a couple of weeks before that we played with stitched up heart at metal in the mountains and we met her and she was really awesome. And so for her to kind of show her gratitude was was amazing as well. And we talked to her after the show and she was just super sweet and, you know, saying how well we did and whatnot. So all of those points were just amazing factors to this, I think. Just keeps adding on to the experience. And it, and when it comes to Mixie as well, again, like as I've talked to her before, that is just, that is her character through and through right there where she sees another band that is emerging, really coming up right now and has this massive chance and people are chanting for the band's name right as she's ending her set. And all of a sudden it's just like, she's going to, and she shows respect for her kind of point over there. Like, you know, everyone in the show that's here for such a part, go over there next, like literally go there because you're not going to be disappointed. And for those 1500 people that waltzed over, they were like, okay, let's see what we're going to have over here. Yeah. That was 20 minutes, 20, 25 minutes. We were not disappointed in the slightest. I mean, I was, I'm not going to lie. Cause I had no idea who you guys were until I wandered over to that stage. Like I was, I was pretty shocked because I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. Well, I haven't heard this before. Who is this band? I must know. I definitely appreciate that. And we've got a lot of that reaction since then. You know, a lot of people that did not know us. These huge festivals are so good about, you know, 
I mean, even for us, finding bands that you'd never heard of before that you just fall in love with. And we've, we've gotten so many new fans since then. So, you know, that's the only time we get exposed to that many people. You know, you play a small show, you might have three, 400 people, and most of them are already there for you. But you play for thousands, and at least a fraction of them are, are going to look you up and, and want to talk to you and listen to your music. So it's it's been a wild ride since then for us. I mean, we had some crazy moments, but overall, it's been phenomenal. And that's the way it should be, too. And not only that, but the, I think another big reason why a lot of people, especially in 2021, were really gravitating towards that. I'm not going to lie. And it's it's the emergence of Spirit Box, especially with Courtney LaPlante, with her vocal style, because... With that band being like the biggest breakout band for 2021, when they dropped Eternally Blue, it was like the biggest debut album in rock and metal for probably what the past 10, 15 years that people really anticipated for. So everyone was focused in on that. Everyone's focused in on how incredible that vocal set is from Courtney when it comes to the cleans and then these heavy uncleans that rival some of the heaviest guys in the scene. All of a sudden, it's you're starting to see some more of those female-fronted bands really start to rise to the top. Seen it with Stitch Apart, seen it with Butcher Babies. Again, Spirit Box is another one of them, even though Butcher Babies have been around for a little bit longer. But seeing some of those like heavier female vocals really start to rise to the top. Not like that, but because Spirit Box played on Thursday, you guys went on right after Stitched Apart. So all of a sudden, seeing you, Mindy, with those unclean vocals, I was like, holy fucking shit. That's some heavy-ass shit. My God, this is awesome. Thank you. A lot of people that were passing thought that I was a guy and they stopped and saw me on stage and they were like, okay, wait, all right, we got to check this out because, you know, what she's doing kind of, kind of freaked me out a little bit there because I thought she was a dude. (laughs) And a lot of people came up to me after we got off stage. As soon as we got off stage, I walked straight out into the crowd so I could meet some of our fans and whatnot. And almost every guy out there was like, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I thought you were a guy, but it's pretty sweet. I'm like, all right, I'll take it. I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, with something like that, that's just them. It's just a complimentary thing where whenever we hear those heavy, clean or heavy, unclean vocals, we're always associating them more with the with with a male vocal because that's pretty much what we see every single time. So when we get to see if and hear a female vocalist really pull pull that out and portray that again, like Courtney Plant, like yourself as well. It's something that we just look and we're like, oh my God, this is incredible. We're just drawn to it because we're seeing just how powerful it can be. We're seeing how it can mix into the music and really create something that is going to make people want to listen. It's going to make people draw to your live show. And it's best going to make people like me just be like, oh, mosh pit, fuck yeah. And just really feel the energy from that through and through. Not that, but then the way with the backing instrumentals as well, because you also bring in a heaviness there as well, along with Jeb's clean vocals to really add to it. Holy shit. It just, it, it works in perfect harmony. We actually have Jacob now. Jeb was our first vocalist and uh, this was Jacob's well, first huge show. Well, then the, I apologize to Jacob on that one because then I got my research wrong. So I'm going to reset that on my, uh, on my note sheet. So Jacob, if you're listening to this, if after this uh, episode comes out, if you send me a message roasting me, I'll take it. he's actually probably getting used to it because we had jeb for a really long time and then we ended up parting ways mutually and uh jacob hasn't been with us very long we were actually kind of nervous about how he was going to do with blue ridge and metal in the mountains because we hadn't given him a lot of practice or a lot of big shows 
And this is like one of his first bands that he's been in that, you know, has been successful. So I doubt he's going to be upset about it. He's just, he's just happy to be a part of the band. I'm sure. All right. I'll just put it this way. Jacob, I'll, I'll leave it at this. You done did good, man. You done did good. (laughs) (laughs) He did. We're super proud of him. Um, He really held his own out there. He didn't show any nerves. You know, he did everything he was supposed to do spot on. So we're super proud of the guy. Needless to say, we're going to keep him. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll say I think you should because, I mean, it, it sounded incredible. And there was a one other thing when it came to that show because it, it was with you, Mindy, specifically. Because I remember because remember when you were walking the crowd, like, I think I might have passed you once or twice. But I was talking with one of my friends who actually was... For the first time, it was like for Thursday, he just wanted to see Spirit Box and he really didn't stick around for the rest of it. But like Friday came around, he's like, I want to do what Kevin's doing. He just wanted to go as many shows as possible. So he followed me to Stitch Up Heart and followed me to you guys. So I think I was talking to him every time, like two times I passed you. And I remember it was like, like you had like, I think you had like some contacts in your eyes. I was like, those are some freaky ass motherfucking eyes. But it was something <laughs> that stuck out of my mind that I remembered. And that was one of the major reasons why I remember Dying Oath is because I just remember those eyes. I was like, something's just sticking to me. It's like, those things are staring at my soul, man. that's why I do it Um, I set out to have a character that you know is a bit mysterious you know because like people don't really know you until they get to know you and it's it's podcasts like this that that help them get to know you but when they see me out there I want them to ask questions I want them to be like you know who is this what what's going on with this you know that way when I'm on stage it's like oh it's that girl you know exactly like you did so my plan worked (laughs) <laughs> I would say your plan worked to absolute perfection because again, if, if it wasn't for the sound, but not only that, but like, that was like one of those visual reminders that kept the dying oath name in my head. So by the time when I was going through on the d- the day after the whole entire festival ended, because driving from Danville, Virginia, all the way back to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which was like with, I mean, with, with stops, it was like 16 hours still, but I had time where it was like, especially in the morning because we had two, we had six people, two different cars. So one, two people were driving, two other people, four other people weren't. And I was in the back seat for most of like the, the drive. And I'm like, okay, I'm on my computer. I'm listening to other albums that I have to prepare for podcast for. But I was really preparing for that whole Blue Ridge episode that I did in the podcast. And when I was going through like the bands, I remember like I was looking through the names, like, okay, who did I see? Who did I see? And when I got to Dying Oath, I'm like, okay, I remember a couple of things about it. I remember the music. I remember the pit and I remember those eyes. So it was just something that kept it in my head and kept the overall, not only that, but I could connect the sound back to that point. Like I really, like I could remember that I could remember the music, especially for a band that I had never heard before. I could connect it to that without fail. So like, okay, this is definitely something that's going to work. And it just kept flowing to the point where I think I got, I think I maybe emailed you guys maybe the day, like, a, like two or three days after that, uh, after that day, or maybe it was like the day after the whole Blue Ridge podcast thing. I don't remember, but it was really freaking quick. That's awesome. And I'm glad that you did because we watched uh, the podcast and we were like, oh, this is awesome. This guy gave us a shout out. And I was actually in the band chat talking to the guys about it. And our guitar player, Josh, sent a message to the band chat. And he was like, hey, check this out. This guy just messaged us about doing this podcast. And I'm like, that's the same freaking guy, man. We got <laughs> message him back so he sends a message back and then we all watch the podcast and he's like oh this is awesome we actually get to talk to this guy and he's actually sad he can't be here today because he he wanted to talk to you but shout out to josh today he's got some family stuff going on so 
you know what? You know what? We'll, we'll do something like this because if Josh listens to this and you guys can hear this, Josh, if you're listening to this, man, I, I'm, I'm sorry that you couldn't be on the podcast today, but that just means that maybe you and I just have to do one by ourselves and have a good time doing that. And if you guys want to join in too again and we can do a Dying Oath Part 2 one, that's perfectly fine with me. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, for sure. I think he'll really enjoy that. This is usually his forte. He really likes to, you know, talk to people behind the scenes and whatnot. It's usually me and him or me, him, and Gage, our drummer, who is also not here. So it's odd that the two of them aren't here today. So we might have to do that part two just to let him come in and talk to you. Oh, I mean, we're only like 15 minutes, then maybe 18 minutes into this, but I'm totally down for a part two already. <laughs> love it but but hopefully honestly i'm not gonna lie hopefully a part two also comes with me seeing you guys play live once again and just going crazy in the pit once again because not gonna lie it sounds like a lot of fun well wisconsin isn't too far from iowa is it uh wisconsin's pretty far away from everything but <laughs> <laughs> de- de- um, depends on depends on where, where you guys play when you or when or where you guys play in iowa that's a good we question. are playing in sioux city yeah. iowa what um, day the see. 16th yeah i think it is the 16th yeah is it check. saturday yes Okay, because yep. because I am I, I gotta look this up though, because I'm looking this up right now because I I am known to go travel to shows like none other because uh that's just what I like to do. Not gonna lie. So, so let me break this down for you. So I don't know if you watched Saul, the band Saul at Blue Ridge, but they're a phenomenal band, and they're holding this battle of the bands, and they had uh, I don't even know how many bands submit for this. And they took the top five, which we made it to top five out of, I don't know, was it 50, 40? I don't know. There was a lot of bands, but we made it to top five. And now we get to go compete with the other four bands that made it for an opportunity to open up and tour for Saul all next year. Really? Yes. It's a battle of the bands. And they're actually playing that show as well. So... Okay, because I'm looking at where Sioux City, Iowa is, and it is, this is not going to be easy for me, not going to lie, because Milwaukee is eastern Wisconsin, like southeast Wisconsin. Sioux City is like on the Iowa-Nebraska border. Oh. So yeah. this is not going to be easy. And what's what what really pains me about this is because when you're saying this is a battle of bands thing with Saul, I have had Saul on the podcast before. I I did not get a chance to see him at Blues, but I saw them or in, in like middle of August here in, in Milwaukee. So I've talked to the guys. I've become friends with the guys. I'm part of this huge group. Like there's all like rises equals Facebook group. Like I'm, I'm all over that stuff. So, okay. Maybe I'm gonna have to start like maybe talking and be like, Hey, you know, you know, you got this like battle of bands thing to have someone open up for you on tour in 2022 and dying oath is a part of it. So can we just actually like make dying oath? Like, you know, the band that is the band that's going to open up for you guys. Just, just can we circumvent that? I mean, you're gonna, I, I don't care who else is on there. I, even if I'm friends with them, I'm giving you the seal of approval. Thank you. Thank That's you. awesome. Cheers, we really love those guys. Um, they've actually done a lot for us. Uh, Miles, their drummer, has actually been a really good friend to us. He came and watched us play at Blue Ridge, and he's given us countless hours of advice and just they're all a bunch of really down to earth, nice guys. So whether we win or we don't, it's just going to be awesome to open up for them. But if we do win, that's like a dream come true for sure. I'll say because if you win, 
then with them being from Iowa as well, they I know they love to tour, especially around, you know, upper mid, like the Midwestern part of the United States, which includes Wisconsin. And I would almost be dead certain that there would be at least one show that would be around easily were around by me. Or I'd be like, oh, I'm there. Absolutely. So we got to win, man. We're, we're going to try and take it home for you so that we can do that. Do you know any what other bands are going to be on that bill or like to, um, in the Battle of Bands? I honestly don't know the names of them, but there is a flyer, so I can pull that up. At least one of them's Hollow Intent. Yes, Hollow Intent is um, one of our really good friends as well. Um, let's see. So that's another band I, I I know I have to reach out to at some point for the podcast, but I just haven't at this moment yet because uh, things got a little crazy over the next like two weeks when it comes to recording these things. Yeah, Hollow Intent, uh, Will, their vocalist, is also a really good friend of ours. So it's going to be crazy going up against their band because they've been really good to us as well. But it's going to be um, us, Hollow Intent, uh, Edged in Embers, Awakening Force, and Ether. Oh, Edged in Embers, too. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's going to be tough, man. All of these bands, we checked them out. They're all really awesome. They're all really deserving. So whether we win or whether we don't, it's going to be a great experience for us. And we all get to load up and go halfway across the United States together for four days. So the experience alone is worth it. But if we win, even better. Yeah, if you win, even better. That is some tough competition, though, with especially with the ones I know with Etching Embers and Hollow Intent in there. So... All I, I, all I got to say is this, when it comes to what you guys did with Blue Ridge, when it came, when it comes to the energy, when it comes to the power that you guys presented on stage, when it comes to the crowd that you guys had, if you guys are able to cultivate that kind of a crowd, get people to have that reaction, get people to go as crazy as possible, really do it. Hell, if you guys are setting up and like, if I don't know how it's going to be set up, but if you guys are doing a sound check or some people are kind of like, you know, a little bit further back. Use that sound check and be like, guys, come on in. We're going to have one hell of a crazy show. You're going to want to be a part of it because if you miss it, you're going to be telling your friends, dang, I missed one hell of a show. <laughs> Absolutely, man. We always have a plan depending on where we're playing and what the stage is like. Um, even for Blue Ridge, like uh, a couple of days ahead of time, I was like, we should open the show with the song that we actually usually close with. Because we got like 20, 30 seconds to catch, you know, to catch their eyes and ears. So we went with the hardest song first. And it seemed to work because once you get them in that crowd, they get trapped. They can't get out because there's just so many people. So hooked you guys, line and singer. I mean, I mean, pretty much. That's basically what you guys did. So if it's going to, for the battle of dancing, if it's going to work, it's just go for it. Give it a shot. But again, take a look kind of how everything is going to be set up. Take a look at how everything is going to work because... I would say, especially for something like that, you want to come out swinging because you don't want to, because with today's day and age, especially with attention spans, I mean, when you're at a live show, it's different, but like you streaming, for example, it's like a peep, if you, if you find a band on, on like a stream service, like Spotify and you don't know them, you're going to listen to one song for the first 10 seconds. And if for some reason you're not in love with it, you're going to completely write off that entire band, which is a horrible thing to do because. I've been at this where I could have done that, but I'm like, you know what? No, I'm going to listen to two or three songs to see what happens. And all of a sudden I went from like a band being like, ah, I don't know. All of a sudden it was just one song I didn't care for. And the other two, I'm like, <gasps> yes, yes, yes. So definitely when it comes to a live show, you do have more time to deal with that. But I do understand with, you know, people might have less tension span. So you want to come out swinging. You want to just bring them in because like you said, once they get into that crowd, they're kind of trapped there. 
for the rest yeah. of the show. That's going to be the plan from all shows for here on out. Now that I know it worked, you guys are in trouble because I'm going to do that every show now. And we're just going to put the pedal to the metal and keep it heavy until they pull us off the stage. Be sure and wear the crazy eyes. <laughs> and wear the crazy <laughs> eyes, of course. Oh, yeah. If you wear the crazy eyes, everyone's going to be just – it's going to be something that people are going to be focused on once again. But it's going to be like, oh, my God. What, what is that? And it's just – it's going to be a thing, again, that's – it's a visual draw for people. I mean, hell, like I said, for me, it was something that was a visual draw and a visual connection back to the music when I was remembering everything on the, on the Monday drive back to Milwaukee. It just connected with it. So I'm, you guys got something. You guys got a mindset going for it. Just keep rolling with it because, dang, at Blue Ridge, it worked. It worked well. Thank you. We just try to, we try to tell a story, you know, on stage and off the stage with the music and, and with our characters and what we do. Um, basically, Jacob is always like the good angel on your shoulder telling that side of the story. And then I come in and I'm like the devil that, you know, is, is telling that side of the story. And as a whole, I think it's just, it's, it's really good visually. And it's also good to tell the story from both sides as well, because you get more in depth with it. And that's what we've tried to do so far. So, Oh, absolutely. That is something that is incredibly smart to do. And because one of my favorite bands of all time is Ice Nine Kills. And when they had Justin DeBleek in the band, especially if you look at anything off of every trick in the book and the first Silver Scream, when you hear the difference in screams between Spencer and uh, JD, because JD had that higher unclean scream and Spencer had the lower one. And they would always use it to tell different parts of sort of like Community of the Curse. It was... You look at, you hear Spencer's vocals and that's part of like the, the little girl that's possessed mm -hmm. and JD's vocals were basically the priest that was trying to exercise the demon. And it's like, you're seeing both sides of the story right then. They're just through a different vocal, just through different vocal tones from two different guys. So if you're able to do that with your vocals, then with Jacob's vocals being more clean, yours being unclean, it really kind of, but you have that, like that good and evil, right and wrong kind of different side of the story. You're telling that story on stage, and especially when we look at it, again, with those crazy eyes, we can see more of that visually as well as a part of it, and we can feel it in the heaviness of the music as well. I'm a huge proponent of not only, like, I'm a huge proponent of the fact that the instrumentals on every single song, especially when it comes to hard rock rock, especially metalcore, are the catalyst of telling that story because they provide the emotion a lot better personally than any of the lyrics would because you get to feel it and you get to actually connect any kind of emotion that you went through that relates to that song with those sounds. And everyone is going to be able to relate similarly to that core emotion that those sounds are kind of putting out there. I definitely agree with that. And another thing that we try to do is, you know, tackle some of these hard subjects that most artists don't want to talk about a lot of worldly things that are going on. A lot of things that go on in people's lives that they don't like to talk about, you know, like mental health, suicide awareness, abuse you know things like that that we want to try and uplift people and empower people and and show them that there's a better way to get through things that there's unity in the music and um i think all of these things kind of come together to tell a beautiful story but visually and like you said with the guitars and the emotion behind it i mean the songs pretty much write themselves they really do like it's so easy for us to sit down and write lyrics when everybody is is corresponding with that same emotion oh absolutely and i gotta ask uh both of you guys are both the ryans both manny and mr ryan on there do you guys feel the same way especially when it comes to writing these songs and writing the instrumentals out for these pieces that when you're relate when you're using and relating to some of these heavier topics such as abuse suicide depression 
whatever it might be that, you know, sometimes people are really shying away from because of how heavy of topics they are. Do you feel it's, you know, it's rather easy to use those topics and really come out with the kind of music that you're able to come out with because you're as able to relate to that core emotion and use those sounds that you're able to come out with to express that? Well, every one of us really has a, our own story. And um, when we come together with it musically, it always it, it's somewhere we always manage to meet in the middle where we've all had a similar experience and we can all relate on it. And it really does play in the music. Josh is the main composer. He'd explain it more musically. He's um, but uh, he he's really open in the band. Like we all talk to each other. We're all friends like we we're, we're we're still all good friends through all this you know it's not all business like after the show's over we're hugging and we're you know going to celebrate together and everything yeah and he's <clears throat> he's he's definitely right about that you know when we get on stage you know the bond that you know the four of us as far as me Endicott, josh and gage have musically you know we're we're able to take you know, everything and just put it out in our performance. And that's one real good thing as far as the music aspect goes is, you know, Josh can tell a story through, you know, his leads and everything. The way that Endicott plays his his rhythm parts is, you know, it, it shows an humble side. Gage is... I've always said that Gage is kind of like the the madman beast on the drums, just the way that he he lets out with with each beat. And and for me, it's for me on bass, it's just it's my escape from the reality, from the stress of of everyday life and whatnot. And you know, being able to take those four aspects and mix it with you know Jacob's style of being able to sing. A good side and mindy's screams being more of the darker side of life and you know whether it's depression anger uh suicidal tendencies um anxiety, any anxiety <laughs> uh abuse whatnot like that you know being able to bring all of those different aspects of life and just you know here's your story it's a melting pot it just it's it's amazing and the way that people are able to find something in our songs and come back to us and be like well this part of end of days help you know open my eyes and make me realize a lot or you know this part in insomniac is you know it's it's got me to thinking and it's helped pull me out of a dark place and it's that's what we try to do. We try to tell a story and let everybody know that, you know, you're not alone. You know, we're the same. Yeah. I think the main thing is that we're all very transparent. You know, we don't go out there and act like we're not human. Like everything is perfect and you know, whatever we, we really do go out there and we're like, you know, this is us. This is what you get. You know, we go through the same emotions. We're going through the same things in our lives that you're currently going through. Some of us are really sad right now, but at the end of the day, when we all come together, that's how we tell our story. And, and we have to be transparent to our fans about that. And I think that's one of the things that helps them connect is knowing that we're just normal people like they are, you know? Yeah. And that's always going to be a huge connection point between the, us, the fans and you guys, the band, because 
when you're expressing these certain emotions and expressing these certain stories and telling them with this truth behind it and with this rawness behind it, especially just to really just relate to that core emotion of the song, whatever is going to be, because even between all six of you, say you're talking, I'm, I'm going to use depression as an example. Say you're, say you're writing a song about depression. All six of you might have gone through something or might be currently going through something of that. And everyone's story specifically is going to be completely different from everybody else's because when it comes to you, Ryan, when it comes to you, Manny, when it comes to you, Mindy, and even with myself, all four of us live completely different lives. All four of us have gone through completely different things. However, when you think about that depression, the base emotion that is at the core of that is going to be the same. So that's how we can all relate. And when you create songs like that, especially that are going to relate to that core emotion, us as the listeners, us as the fans, we're going to listen to that and we're going to understand that core emotion. We're going to hear your story through that. But listening to that core emotion, we're going to be able to listen to it and relate it to our own stories and maybe understand a little bit more about what we went through. Maybe understand a little bit more of the depression that we went through, why why it went that way. Maybe with suicidal tendencies, we understand why we got to that point and why we are no longer there anymore. And it gets to a point where when we actually get to listen to music and see that live, we get to actually express that and under and I'll do that all together and really see that, you know, especially when it comes to the stuff like depression, uh, anxiety, suicidal tendencies, abuse, whatever it might be, we've gotten past that. And now this is a point where, you know, we're with a lot of people that have felt that same emotion and we're just all in this like family vibe together. That's happy. I mean, hell in the pit, people can, people can literally try. It looks like people are trying to kick the shit out of each other. But all of a sudden, after the song, you've seen people high-five each other, hug each other. It's because we're able to finally express some of this stuff with, like, two like two people the way that we want to express it. To the point where all of a sudden, yeah, it does look violent. But at the end of it, everyone is just giving each other high-five songs. It's a whole freaking family vibe thing where we just – it's it's like we all went through something that is – trying to think of a good way to put it. We all went through something really substantial, just kind of – Mm-hmm. I don't even know how else to put it, but besides, besides substantial, I know there's another word that I'm trying to think of it, but I'm completely lost on that word right now. But it's yeah. something where when we when we listen to those songs like that that really take that emotion and put it out in the forefront, we connect with it in so many other ways. Where I still think Dave Grohl said it best, where you, especially from his perspective, he can write a song and sing it in an arena show in front of eighty five thousand people, and it can be about any one of those things that we talked about. And people can, and eighty five thousand people can be singing that exact same song back to them for eighty five thousand different reasons. That's the truth. That is definitely the truth, and that's why you know there are so many things that transcend through music. You know, and those things are are love, and unity, and passion, and pain. And so those are things that we we try to connect with. You know, uh, when people hear our music, a lot of them think that this is all pain. It's all anger. It's it's whatever. But if you really get down to the core of the lyrics and why these songs were written, they're actually very uplifting and empowering in us trying to help people break free from the oppression that is their lives and from their mental health. Because, you know, everybody has to go through it, but not everybody is honest about it. But the thing that we try to put across to our fans more than anybody else in the world is that you do have family, you know, whether it be us or or each other. At the end of the day, the music just kind of takes the back burner because what we're really trying to do is help people. And that's the number one thing. So if we stopped being a band today, I guarantee you we would still be on our family page, on the Dying Oath family page, our fan page, 
helping people and talking to people and connecting with people because that's what we do most behind the scenes that's what we're doing 24 seven. We only get to see you on stage for, you know, somewhere between 30 and 45 minutes, but it's the rest of that time behind the scenes that counts. And so that's what we're trying to get through our music is because some of those people might only see us for 35 minutes, but if they connect with that, then maybe they'll talk to us for another one or two hours or every day. Some people will get on our page and talk to us every single day And we love that because that's what we're here to do is help people and to help ourselves. And I think that the music transcends all of that. And it's a win-win situation because if we can help one person, then we've done our job in the same right. That's what helps us. So. Well, there's something that I have not done as my job, which is join that page. Because if I'm not on that page right now, I'm blaming myself for that. But I'll say this by the end of the night, after we shoot this, that will no longer be the case. I'm going to be a part of that page. <laughs> you should, man. There's there's so much behind the scenes stuff. There's only so much business that you can put on your actual page that people look at, you know, um, record labels, business, all the business side. There's only so many things you can put on your page. But on the Dying Oath family page, that's where we really interact with our fans. We're posting behind the scenes stuff. Sometimes we just pop in with live videos just to do some Q&A or just to shoot shit or, you know, what whatever it is that you guys want to do at the time. And that's really where we shine. I think, you know, being on stage is amazing and we definitely shine there because that's our home place, but behind the scenes is really where you get to know us. And that's why we encourage people to get on there because if you want to know what we're about, what we're writing about, get on there and say hi, because we're on there pretty much all the time. All right. So everyone that's listening to this podcast right now, I want you to listen to this part, especially because you guys have heard me talk about this in the past where when, especially with the whole entire Blue Ridge thing, when it comes to the, 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 the fans, it was, it was like a family vibe. It was the fact that the rock and metal fans were like a family, which was what made all those shows, especially with the bands as well, putting on kick-ass shows. It was made those shows so incredible, so much fun and made it a positive experience because people were just happy to be there. People were happy to be out there in the pit. We had, we were having these crazy times, you know, sometimes these pit got a little bit violent, but Everyone made sure that all of a sudden, if you fell down, there was like 10 people picking you right back up. There was a connection. There was this family vibe. Hell, even one of my friends on Sunday, he got sick during like, right, like during one of the, during the, I think I forgot who said it was, and we didn't know where he was. And people helped him back from where he was to the two miles back to our campsite. They helped him back there. Where, like, where else are you going to get that? And the thing when it comes to experiencing that family vibe, I know at times rock and metal fans have gotten a bad rap, but it is not anywhere near that case. There is a whole entire family idea behind it where if you're just want to be, if you're part of it and you're honest with it, we will help you out every step of the way. We'll be there for you. And when it comes to bands really embodying that, what you guys have just said, I mean, you're embodying the fact that rock and metal is a family that you're going to be there for your, for your fans. Like you're going to be there for your friends. Like you're going to be there for your family. And it's going to be something that's going to just create this stronger connection, not only to you guys, but to just the whole entire music idea in general. And just to, just to humanity in a way, it's just going to connect people more because people are going to be able to freely express some of their doubts, some of their fears, some of their deepest, just held on embedded ideas that they might be nervous to actually talk about. But if we're going to have this family vibe there, then they might have a chance to open up about a little bit more. And if it's something that they need help with, 
Hell, there are so many of us Rock and Roll fans that might have gone through something exactly similar to what you guys went through. Even you guys in the bands, you might have gone through something exactly similar that these fans might be helping. If we're going to be willing to stand out there as a family in the crowds, we're going to be willing to stand out there as a family online, at home, at work, wherever it might be. So, Absolutely. I mean, just by saying that, I mean, when it comes to the whole entire Rock and Metal as a family, you embody that every step of the way. Thank you, man. And, you know, it's not just a facade. Like, we really do. We're open every second of the day. You know, if somebody needs to talk, if somebody needs to reach out, if somebody just needs help, you know, in any shape or form, if you need help musically, if you need help just in life, reach out. Our inbox is always open. Just again, just, man, I, I can't say it enough. Just taking the idea of family, taking the idea of what you want to do with your music and the stuff you talk about and putting it into practice not only online, but also in real life as well. It just shows the genuineness that is behind Dying Oath every step of the way. There, There is no doubt in my mind. I mean, when it came to all the fans at Blue Ridge that got to see you, I mean, they saw this genuineness on stage. And now if they're going to, now, you know, I'm telling, I'm going to tell people to go and join that Dying Oath fan page. It's going to be in the description of the podcast. The link's going to be there because, well, like I said, I'm going to join it right after I'm done shooting this podcast. So I can put the URL in the description of the podcast so you guys can click the link and join in on it as well if you haven't already, which now I implore you to because that's a smart move. Don't get me wrong on that. It is a smart move. <laughs> but again, it just adds to the whole entire idea of this is this this is more than just music. This is a family. Like this is a this is a huge thing and it's it's welcoming. I mean, hell, I I went through some horrible times as well. And the one thing that kept me going during those times was listening to music and just keep going through it. Hell, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be here talking to you guys right now. I wouldn't even be here at all. Like nowhere. I'd be probably I'd probably still be I'd probably be 60 in the ground at this point, honestly. But you know what? It's because of music, it's because of the genuineness that's in there, it's because of the family vibe that it provides. It helped me through a lot. It's helped a lot of people through a lot. And the fact that you guys are making music to really just tell these stories that you want to tell and be genuine about it. It's incredible. And it just adds to it. It just adds to it. Well, you know what you were saying about music saving your life. I think every single one of us in this band had that same experience. You know, I've, I've had some, some rounds with my mental health and music is what has kept me on track. What has kept me clean from drugs? What has really saved my life, you know, given me a reason to keep going is to, to help other people and to kind of speak out on some of these subjects to try and help people. And without our fans, we're nothing, you know, you guys are the ones that put us on that stage. You're the whole reason why we do this. So we want to give back to our fans as much as we possibly can, because that is the core root of who we are as people, not just a band, but you know, you guys have made our dreams come true. So we just want to do the same for you. And I say, uh, Ryan, Manny, do you guys have anything uh, to add to that subject? If you guys have felt the same way? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, there's there's been a lot of real low, dark times for me. And just going back and, and revisiting some of my favorite bands and just really having that that time of separating myself from the world and just listening to this song or this song or, you know, listening to a song that I never thought I'd ever get into. And it's like, wow, I can relate to this. And it just, it kind of pulls you out of the rabbit hole. And it's like, here you go. 
my two of the hardest events in my life was spent with this band. Um, we all came together and uh, and all we did was well, we played the music where we're, we've been working on for a very long time now. And that's and that's all we did. And we hung out and that that, that was that was a special time in my life. Like it it truly shows like what we're about and the friendships we've made over time now and the music we've made. I definitely agree. We laugh together. We cry together. We celebrate together. We hit rock bottom together. But the point is we're always together. You know, we really are a family and we just want to bring people into that family and, and show them how it feels, how we feel when we're together. And when it, when it comes to other bands and rock and metal as well, outside of Dino, I've seen that happen before, not only with people online, but like literally live. And a great example, i got to go back to Blue Genesis because it's a perfect example. On Saturday when Beartooth played, because during Disease, the pit was just, the pit was fantastic during Disease. But all of a sudden, like, they get to the break, then you get to the before the last chorus, and there are a couple of those big guys in the Icon Pit Crew shirts that were, that were like, we all got around the pit, and they were crying because of how impactful that that song is to them. And it's like, you're seeing these big guys that look like, you know, they're ready to take on anybody just completely not have any, like not have any problems. Like you're seeing them really start to break down in this moment, just listening to a song that they connect to because there's a, just this strong emotional connection to something that they had gone through that maybe they are still struggling with, or maybe that they have finally gotten past, but it's just something that they finally realize that they've gotten past this. And it's just, this incredible relief and you're seeing the t- I'm just seeing the tears fall down from these guys eyes and at that moment like the pit kind of stopped being a crazy pit everyone had their arms around each other just w- were singing the song just going nuts but no- it was just somewhere ever we were letting that moment happen and it was something that was on- honestly I still remember that I still remember seeing the tears in some of those guys eyes and it's something where I think about rock and metal it's just like how many people have been affected by certain songs how people have connected to them to basically understand something about themselves, understand something about they're going through, maybe make it easier, maybe help save them in a way. And when you actually get to see that live, and if you've gone through something like that as well, it doesn't matter what band you connected with, but if you see that live, it's something that you instantly connect with, and it's like your family in that moment. It's Well, there were three points that I can remember that I actually cried during those four days. And it was a lot of that uh, one time was during spirit box because when she was on stage and she was talking about how great it felt to be back on stage after that moment of everything just stopping in the world and not having music. And she cried on stage and that made me cry because I'm like, I totally understand what you're going through. I connected with that. And then there was a point during bad flower. um, He actually had laryngitis and wasn't able to sing. And some of those parts where he couldn't sing just made me so emotional because you've got thousands of people singing for him. And that was that was absolutely beautiful. And then of course, as soon as we got off stage, I cried like a baby, seeing all those people like singing our songs back to us. Like it was everything I could do to choke it down on stage while I'm screaming. So the second they took my mic, I just like tears just streamed down my face to see all of that because there's just such a unity there, no matter what band it was or what kind of genre that you're into, everybody there 
was just united for four days and it was incredible. And that's, that's kind of one thing that I've always said about, you know, hard rock, metal, metal core, you know, that to me has always been the most pure, raw, lyrical, raw genre of music because you've got, and I, I don't, I don't want to call out like any specifics, but you've got this genre that'll sing about, you know, nine times out of 10, this, and then you've got this one that'll sing about this. And then most of metal and, you know, metal chord and all the metal oh, rock genres. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thousands of that genres. Is mostly about life, past, pain, suicides, depression. Hey, I, you may be going through this. Let me see if I can pick you up. And and that's that's why I've always gravitated more to metal music than I have you know, anything that I ever grew up on. Yeah, I think we're finally showing people what it's really about. I think in the last 20 years, you know, they've struggled to to get that point across because you've got the churches and, you know, all the different walks of life of people that are, are downing the genre. But I think that they're really starting to see these days what we're really about and it's a great time to be alive especially for a metal musician like myself you know it's it's really nice that people are actually starting to gravitate toward it even people that don't even listen to this genre are now starting to see how pure it actually is once you get to the core of it and it's amazing oh absolutely and i mean it, it boils down to just again when you it, like i gotta go back to blue because with how connected every fan was throughout those four days was was nothing short of an absolute incredible time, an absolute miracle in a way, because it, it seems like anytime, you know, in today's day and age you get this many people together, there's gonna be problems, but there was really no problems within the between the fans. It was everyone was just there, happy together, supportive, no matter what you were going through, no matter what people had gone through in the past. I mean, between the band's fans, it was just no matter what song people were talking about. Again, like with Joshua Batfar having laryngitis. And I'm not going to lie, because I was further in the back for that set. I got to give him credit, because my God, Emo Laryngitis, he went out there and gave it his all, and <laughs> it was damn good. I'm not going to lie. But we want to come to, like, connect with the songs. I mean, I saw so many people breaking down during so many songs. I saw people breaking down during Spirit Box. And every time I go and see Rise Against, because that's my favorite band of all time, every time I hear Savior, I'm always in the pit for it, and always have a little bit of this, like, a little bit of this emotional motivation in there because when I was going through my hard times as well, I almost gave up completely on the band because I had so many positive memories of them. But then all of a sudden through just a relationship and just because I met this girl at a rise against concert, everything except for their 2017 album, I just didn't want to listen because now I had positive. I had I, like the negative memories were associated with it as well, just because of what had happened. But that was all I was focused on. And then when I went to go see him live in 2017 just to try and make myself feel better, went by myself, jumped in the pit for the first time during Savior. And I kind of cried during that moment as well back in 2017. So every time I see that live and hear it live, I get a little bit emotional. But now in the pit, like I just let it kind of let it all out. And it's always at the end of their set. And it's always something where at the end of it, I mean, everyone's giving each other high fives, hugs. And it's something where that's really where the whole entire family vibe really hits home for, for me personally, when it's when this, a song like that happens 
Or if I get to see Motionless and White and they play Eternally Yours, because that was the song that got me into Metalcore and got me really started on this whole entire thing. I'm just like, every time I hear it, it's just added motive. It's just added. It just keeps going. And it's just the way people react to so many of these songs, especially in those pits. And everyone at the end of it is hugging each other, giving each other high fives. It's, 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 I don't know how to describe it, but like when you said, Minnie, when you said it's just it, like you're seeing how pure it is at, at the core of it. Yeah. It's, it really is. I think that's definitely the truth. Like playing definitely was a, a game changer for my life and career. You know, being able to just play with all of our favorite bands was amazing. But my favorite part of the four days was all the people that we met and not only just fans, but just, just all the people that we met and became friends with throughout those four days is something that we're going to take with us for the rest of our lives. You know, not just the experience, but all the pureness of everybody just being together and, and being happy. And that that's going to stick out to me for the rest of my life. Yeah. Likewise. Well, especially after everything we had gone through in 2020 with the pandemic, with the forced separation, the forced distancing from everybody. And I, I doesn't matter what side of the political spectrum you're on, no matter what, but how much divide was happening during that time, even in the 2021 as well. Just finally being able to have so many people come together for just to enjoy music for four straight days and just really just from all different walks of life, people just enjoying it together. It was, I mean, it's something magical. And that's why I keep going to like live shows as much as possible since then, because also I'm, I'm addicted to mosh pits. I can't help it. I'm addicted to live shows. I will admit it. It's, it's just what I like to do. It's what I like to spend my money on. And I'm not afraid to say it because Hell, even like right after Blue Ridge, it was like, okay, I get home and I tra- uh, on a Friday night, travel two hours north to Green Bay, Wisconsin, because, hey, Ice Night Kills is playing and I want to go see it. And one of my friends wants to go see it. So I'll meet you up there. And we'll go there. All of a sudden, Saturday, I'm trying to trade my Shine Down ticket here in Milwaukee to go down to Chicago for Riot Fest, but uh, not once to go see Shine Down because I couldn't trade it. Then drive 70 miles west of Madison a couple days later for Ice Night Kills. Drive down to Chicago for Ice Night Kills. Keep traveling all over the place to go see shows because. I just miss them so much and I love to go and see as many of these bands as possible and see all the bands I love. And it's just not going to let that go. Just, I just can't let that go. It's just something where every time I go there, I'm in the pit, I'm in there the whole entire show. And even if I'm exhausted by the end, it's just, you're going to see me exhausted, but you're going to see the biggest smile on my face ever. And it's because of the positivity that just drives from all that, the positivity from the bands, the positivity from the fans, the positivity from the connection from everybody. It's, it's just, at, at its core, it's just a beautiful thing. It definitely is. And that's that's the beauty of, of festivals as well, because, you know, as I said, we got to play and that was great. But, you know, we had three other full days, well, three and a half full days of just all these other incredible bands. So instead of having to drive to this state or to drive to this state or to even wait a day in between, you get to see, we got to see, you know, close to 179 other bands. So, yeah. And some of those bands were smaller bands that we're actually friends with that we get to play with on the weekends here anyways. So to see them be able to play to that many people is also incredible. And the feedback that they got, we're so proud of all of those bands as well. Well, cause you're saying, you know, you've seen other friends that you guys have in those bands as well, seeing them play on the stage didn't really take the most of that time as well. I got to ask this one question. Did you guys see Seasons play? 
Yes. We are actually really good friends with Sazen. Yeah, we're really good friends with them. Uh, we got to play with them at Metal in the Mountains a couple of weekends before that as well. We uh, we drove all the way to Richmond, which is like, what, five or six hours? No, five hours. Uh, to play with them. Um, we've played with them several times, and they've actually been one of those bands that have also uh, given us advice and a help up. I mean, we've only been a band for two years. So the amount of love that we've gotten not only from them but all these other bands have been incredible we wouldn't be on the stage if it wasn't for some of those bands and seasons and redefined and hollow intent uh to begin a new fate destroyed um tons of those bands actually came and watched us play and so we missed some of our favorite bigger bands to go and watch some of them play because they deserve just as much love and respect and it was really amazing but seasons always comes through for us on many different fronts so we love those guys to the core so the reason i ask about seasons because i've had them on the podcast before and for them i got to see their set their set was fucking awesome and the day after i record this podcast with you run it back with them like it literally tomorrow after we after i shoot this tomorrow going back with season we're doing another one because those guys are fucking awesome i'm not gonna lie they are and make sure you tell them how much we love them Yes, <laughs> I will. And I'm not, I'm also going to say this too, because we brought up to begin a new, I still remember on Friday, cause I, you, uh, cause you guys, I think you were over at your tent and I was going to stop by, but I was talking with, uh, Cody from, and Shane from begin a new, because I've had them on the podcast where we're going to do another one in October as well. And I was like, I, I, I saw their set. I owed Cody a beer. So I had to go buy him a beer <laughs> and we we're just talking for like, you know, maybe like 30, 45 minutes. And all of a sudden I realized, Oh shit, rise again starts in 15 minutes. I gotta go. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, those those guys are really, really cool. Um, actually, Cody and Shane, when we were first starting out, when nobody had even really heard of us, they were really pushing us and buying our merch and um, asking us to play shows with them and whatnot. So they're definitely a catalyst to all the big things that have happened with us. They've tried to help us out in so many ways. So great guys. Well, it looks like when I do the podcast with, with uh, to begin a new Cody and Shane, <laughs> looks like they're going to get a, that there's going to be a shout out on that podcast at Dying Oath as well. <laughs> yes, please. We love all those guys, man. And hollow intent. We, we wouldn't be here without those guys for real. And again, I got to bring this up because we're talking about just the pureness of the family vibe when it comes to rock and metal. You're, you're seeing it with you're seeing with a lot of the fans, but also you're seeing it with the bands that are coming up as well. I mean, you see it a lot of times with artists that you know whenever when a lot of artists get big, it's like okay, you know, if they're getting big around the same time, a lot of those artists end up being friends because they're all going through the exact same thing. And you're seeing it happen here once again with bands like Dino, with Seasons, with To Begin New, with Hollow Intent, with everyone else that was mentioned. You're seeing it happen once again, and now here on the podcast, I mean, you're hearing it happen once again. It's it's happening. It's happening. You're going to want to be a part of this. Trust me. For sure. I definitely agree. And it's, it's crazy to me because like, like he was saying, when we were sound checking, we had, you know, just a few people there, but it was mostly the other bands. Um, I know that pigweed was like the first band that were there. Pigweed, They're all the way from uh, Texas. Uh, Fate destroyed was actually the very first band. <laughs> They're all the way out in LA, but I've been friends with Francesca for a while. And, um, they were the first ones to show up and then our, our fans showed up. So I think a lot of times, you know, we're fans of those, of those bands too. I know like seasons and some of those bands, like I fangirl every time they're like some of our <laughs> best friends, like our close friends. And I'm still like, Oh my God, you're so awesome. You know? And they're just like, 
stop it, you know, <laughs> but some of them are like that about us too. And it's incredible because, you know, it, it takes a lot to, to be a fan of other bands when you're out doing your own thing and you're touring and you're doing all this other stuff to take time out of your day and your set to go and show love to another band is like the highest respect that you can receive, I think. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, you're seeing it happen a lot more as well. I think it happens a lot more in rock and metal with that kind of aspect, just because again, it's the family vibe. It's when bands are, when, when a lot of those bands are coming up, it's, we don't, you don't see those other bands that, you know, are in the same kind of style as you, same genre, the same area as you as competition. You're not seeing it that way. What you're seeing it as is you're seeing it as what's the best way to put it. You're seeing it as if you're going to end up growing, they're going to end up growing. And it's going to be something where you guys can work, you guys can work with success together. Absolutely. I think there's more than one, one spot at the top, you know, and whether we make it to the top or not, doesn't really matter. But if we can hold out our hand and pull somebody behind us, we're damn well going to do it. You know, we've had bands do that for us too, you know, getting on some of these spots at metal in the mountains and, and stuff like this, um, Blue Ridge, we heard about Blue Ridge and how to get on from Will from Hollow Intent. He walked us through how to submit and whatnot. Um, to begin anew was trying to help us with this contest for uh, Welcome to Rockville, which they slayed tonight. Congratulations, guys. And um, Metal in the Mountains, our local band, Inferior Design, helped us get on there. Like all these bands around here really are working together and even more so after the pandemic because we're now seeing if. <clears throat> If we want music to continue, if we want venues to stay open, we got to work together to make that successful or we're all going to drown. Oh, absolutely. And not only that, but you're not even just seeing that on like you're like the level you guys are at right now with, you know, more of this regional level. You're starting to see it on some of the national level as well. I have to bring up what happened with Rubble Rock when it got canceled the day, like, day it was going to start. And a lot of these fans are just kind of like, OK, you know, we just got down there. What, what are you going to do? And so many of those bands were trying to find other places around the area to play at. So it's like, well, if you guys weren't able to, you know, you guys pay for this. We're sorry that you know, you guys came down here, but we're going to try and make this the best for you. I, it was like, I guess I had to bring up Saul. It was Saul Afterlife and From Ashes to New. They played a free pop-up show for anyone that was going to be at that festival at a like a local bar or something like that. And they sold it out. Like, it was just like everyone showed up and had one hell of a show. I'm like, where? what other genres are going to have that happen? What other genres are going to have these artists like come together and figure out, okay, with this real fan first mentality and really create something that, you know, yes, something bad might happen, but you're going to make the most of it and turn it into an absolute positive. What other genre are you going to get that from? And it's going to be the genres that have that whole family connected vibe from top to bottom, from the biggest bands all the way down to the smallest ones, from the, from the biggest crowds all the way down to the crowds that have, you know, maybe 50 to hundred people in them it's you're gonna see it in rock and metal and that's the i honestly think it's the only place you're gonna see it at i absolutely agree with that because that's the only place i've ever seen that happen and when we saw that we were so proud of the guys in saw because you know that's that's who they are as people to the core anyway they're constantly giving back to their fans but the fact that they were able to pull that off last second and not only help some of the other bands but the fans that you know put money into this and wanted a show is just mind-blowing to me honestly it's incredible oh absolutely because yeah. when i got to see saul the one time i got to see him uh they had uh th- there was an issue that happened during their set where halfway through their set there was a cup of water that spilt on their uh laptop and basically their whole entire show because every all the lights up and the backing tracks ran off of that couldn't really do anything off that anymore so they kind of had to cut this they had, had to cut it short 
And there was a lot of fans that still stuck around. The band came out, was talking to us. And I forgot which member it was, but he was going around trying to get everyone's name to give them refunds or like, you know, a free ticket to the next show. And everyone's like, nah, we're good. It's like, we know what you guys went through during the pandemic. We know what happened. We know that this was an unfortunate accident. We're still down to see you guys again, but we're still going to pay the price to see you guys because, well, we understand what's going on. That's it. Then you and you guys are coming out here. You're even though what what happened, you guys are still coming out and conversing with all the fans, talking with all of us, and still you know just being yourselves. Everyone absolutely enjoyed it to the point where it's like I respect Saul so much more for how they handled that situation. It's just and then seeing what happened with uh, the whole entire Rebel Rock thing, getting on stage with Afterlife and from Ashes to New, creating that pop up show for the, for fans that were going to be at Rebel Rock, and all of a sudden again letting them come in for free. And just partying their asses off, having a great time of the show. Again, what other genre are you going to end up seeing that at? You're going to see it at rock and metal, but I don't think you're going to see it anywhere else. I agree. I definitely agree with that. And it's just, again, it's just, I mean, the whole entire theme of this whole entire podcast really sits, really boils down to kind of like with your music, the themes kind of boil down to those things that are tougher to talk about. You know, like you said, anxiety, sometimes abuse, depression, South Tennessee's anger, whatever it might be. But the whole entire podcast, the whole entire theme is rock and metal equals family. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. Most definitely. <clears throat> and it is a beautiful thing. And not gonna lie, when it comes to music, I, w- I don't want to be part of anything else. It's it's something where you can go to any show, and you could not. And when it comes to rock, and metal, you could know nobody there. I mean, there's plenty of times I go to shows and I know nobody there, and I end up becoming friends with so many people just because you know. Just start talking to people. Everyone's open. Everyone's having a good time. All of a sudden with me, jump in the pit and go nuts. And people are giving me high fives and hugs at the end of the show. Everyone's like, how the hell do you stay in there that long? I'm like, hey, cardio. But <laughs> That's very it, true, though. And, and while we're talking about it, welcome to our family, man. Yes. I feel like I got to put on the banner on the bottom of the video. That's just going to say, welcome to our family. <laughs> Yeah, we, we usually say that after everybody that, that we meet and talk to. Um, we actually had a podcast right before we did Blue Ridge. And uh, Derek, the guy that runs Suck It uh, podcast, um, actually became one of our really good friends. He met us down there. He stayed true to his word. He was like, I'm going to find you guys down there. I'm going to watch your set. He was going through a really hard time. He actually broke down during the podcast when we were talking about some of these things. We're like, dude, you know, welcome to the family. You're, you're part of us now. And he met up with us and he's actually been one of our really good friends ever since. Like the dude messages me every single day now and he's been great. So I'm hoping now that we've made this connection that, you know, you're now part of our family. So you want to reach out, you want to do a podcast, you want to just shoot the shit. You want to stop by if you're ever in town, whatever. We got you, man. Shoot. I'm going to need a big freaking banner that says welcome to the family because <laughs> i mean if you guys are gonna welcome me to the family i will humbly accept awesome. thank you we're glad well, to have you well like i said like i mean after i'm done after we're done recording this i'm going to join that fan page i mean even, honestly i'll do it right after the call with you guys on here be like okay let's just get this done you know what <laughs> instead of that why don't i actually say actually say this okay let's go to because it's on facebook right it yep. is yeah dying oath family Alrighty, well let, let me let me load this bad boy up because well that's again okay, Dino Family. I just want to make sure I'm part of it. If I'm not, oh let's see. Ooh, there popped on right away. And it says, Oh darn it, I'm not a part of the group. Let's hit join the group, join group. 
Real request has been sent in. What do you think? Okay, let's see. Answer some of these questions with you guys. What do you think of Dying Oath? They suck. <laughs> that man's terrible. <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put best family ever. Yes. <laughs> do you like Dying Oath's music? I am literally writing this. <laughs> I gotta put literally writing this while shooting a podcast with them. This is amazing. This is the best thing that's happened to us. And how did you hear about the band? Saw them live at Blue Ridge. Submit. Okay, if 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 I don't get if I don't get like uh, approved for this, something's definitely wrong because. Guess what? I just accepted you. <laughs> oh, that was quick. <laughs> Hit the refresh. Up. Oh, yep. Already. Already being done. Already. It was already done. Woo! Already. Yeah, man. Welcome to the family, brother. <laughs> oh, it's, it's official. I am now welcome to the family. Yes! Woo! <laughs> it, it is Facebook official. And now when the podcast comes out, not only will I let people know about the podcast on the Dino family page because, well, then everyone gets to watch and see how incredible of a family this is and really get to hear about it. But then, you know, more people can end up joining the Dino family page as well and really being a part, become a part of this family. And I will put the bottom of the banner. Welcome to the family. Absolutely. Yeah. And this, you know, things like this always help us get the word out about who we are and what we do. And so one of the things that we like to do, especially with the family page, is if you got something that you want shared, you want something that you want promoted, post it there because our people are, are so giving and so loving and they'll want to help you too. Now that you're part of the family, we want to see everybody succeed. So send us over some links, man. We'll share stuff for you. We'll help you get the word out because you're helping us. So Oh, because when this podcast comes out, I am sharing it. I am sending it everywhere. I am promoting it as much as I possibly can it's because, well, we need more people in this Dino family. We need more people to know about Dino. We know we need as many people to know about this, and we need as many people to all of a sudden, you know, you guys be playing more live shows. Come out and see those live shows and go as crazy in the pit as I did seeing them at Blue Ridge, which means it's going to be a lot of crazy people in that pit, and it's going to be fun as hell. Sweet. And we owe it all to you. <laughs> So before we close out this podcast, one last question I got to ask. What's the live show slate looking like for Dino for the rest of the year? Okay, so we have uh, Brewstock coming up October the 9th mm -hmm. in South Carolina. It's a two-day festival with a ton of regional bands, local, regional, um, two days of just beer and bands. So that's going to be awesome. <laughs> Um, then we're playing the Battle of the Bands on the 16th with Saul out in Iowa. And then we're playing Frighteningly Metal Fest in Florida um, at a haunted house. Because another thing with Dying Oath is we all work at a haunted house and we try to promote haunted houses. And Haunted Honeymooners is actually one of our uh, big sponsors, endorsements. So we do anything they ask of us because they do the same. So we're going to go down there and kind of close out our schedule with them and then we're going to take time off until beginning of next year and get this album finished for you guys and put it out so that next year when we do our tour or whatever it is we end up doing we have something to to give you guys well can i make one request please absolutely on your on your 2022 run of shows can you come by me? <laughs> I, I, honestly, if it's if it's within like I was, I'll say two hours driving distance, that's easy peasy, lemon squeezy for me to get to. So if it's like Green Bay, Wisconsin, Mass, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 
anywhere in the Chicago area, I'm there. It's a plan. Let's do it. We'll do what we can to put it on the list just so we can come and see you, big guy. Absolutely. Woo! And then we can get more people in the Midwest as part of the Dino family and make it happen. Oh, yeah. That's the plan. If they're all as cool as you, then we definitely want them involved. I hope they're all as cool as me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you set a really high bar, yeah. so, you know. So, yeah. so it means I'm going to have to make sure to show people, show you guys how cool everyone is so that when you guys are at, when you guys start your set and I'm there, it's going to be like, okay, we're opening this pit up. We're going to go nuts. Let's go. And I'm just yes. going to tell someone to hit me right away. And all of a sudden I'm hoping that some guy that's like 300 pounds just comes running at me. I'm like, oh shit, just go flying everyone else. Everyone's like, let's go. And then the whole entire room turns into a huge pit and we're just having a great time. And you guys are just feeding off that energy. And then it's one of the best shows you ever played. Hopefully I can make that happen, but Fingers crossed. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. We were talking about all the mosh pits and everything, you know, with our set at Blue Ridge. There was a video of one of the mosh pits. The yeet guy. This dude ran into a guy and got yeeted. (laughs) (laughs) I'll send you that video after we're done just so you can watch it because he he gets some major air. It's amazing. I'll have to watch it for two reasons. One, because I want to see that guy get eaten, but also because I want to see, because I was in that pit, I want to see if I show up in that video at any given point. I have tons of those um, videos. Uh, some of the people that we know took some from inside the pit and right outside of it. So I'm going to send you some of those because I'm sure that you're probably in there. I'll say if you rewatch those, I'm pretty, I'll be really easy to spot because it was a, uh, I mean, hat. I always had a hat on. It was a Minnesota Vikings hat, but I mostly had it backwards. But the shirt I had on that day was a Rise Against cutoff. So it was a black shirt, just a Rise Against on it with a little like the old, like the Wolves front on it. So should not be hard to find. No, honest, I'm gonna go through those. Honestly, and send him I think I remember seeing him, <laughs> and I, I think it was in the Yeet video too. <laughs> okay, now I better be in that Yeet video because I really <laughs> hope I. Am. That's awesome. That's awesome. So there's. I was like, I want to make sure there's video evidence. I I know I saw I know I saw a couple of those videos. I didn't. I'm not sure if I saw the Yeet one yet, but I know I saw a couple of those videos. I know I saw myself in at least one or two of those. So it's like I I know there's video evidence of me at that show in that pit. Absolutely, I'll send them to you. I'll review yes. as soon as I get off of here. <laughs> awesome. Well, as we bring this podcast to a close, there are three things I like to end a podcast with. So here's the first one. We just talked all about Dino. We talked all about how rock and metal is a family. And you're going to want to be a part of this family. You're going to want to be a part of the Dino family. You're going to be a part of all of this stuff. You're going to want to be, you know, on their social media accounts. You're going to want to like everything they have on social media. Follow them on YouTube. Subscribe to them on YouTube. Whatever it might be. Be a part of that Dino family page. Follow them along, you know, websites. You can, you know, find those tours. Find those uh, live shows. Buy some merch. Stream their music when their new album comes out. Be able to download it. Buy it. You know, support them that way. You're going to want to be able to do all that. But I know you guys, I know every one of you fans, you guys love convenience and you absolutely love the fact that, you know, instead of having to search all this stuff up, you still look at the description of the podcast, you see find Dino online, you have all the links with the labels right there. Well, you better believe I'm going to do it again. I do it every time because it makes it easy as possible to get in Dino and I'm going to make that happen. So just look at the description of the podcast, YouTube, Spotify, podcast, iHeartRadio, Amazon, whatever it might be, all links are going to be there. Here comes number two. Now, typically, I always make a promise to the bands I love having on the podcast. It's a promise that has happened 100% of the time. And I always usually say that this is no exception. And clearly this is no exception. So there is no exception. This is happening. So my promise is 
it's usually when I get to see you guys live for the first time, but that's already happened. Now it's when I get to see you guys live for the second time. My promise to you guys is this. First round's on me. All right, but the second one's on me, though. That's usually how it works. I'll take it. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> so at this given moment, Ryan, Matty, Mindy, I cannot in all good conscience say goodbye because, hell, we're family now. It's not, it's, it, goodbye seems way too final. Plus, I gotta, to I know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, you know, make good of my promise. So it's not goodbye. It's see you later. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Well, well, folks, that was my interview with Mindy, Matney, and Ryan from the band Dying Oath. Again, you're going to want to become part of this family. So you're going to want to follow along on all their social media platforms. You're going to want to make sure you buy some merch. You want to make sure you become part of the Dying Oath family. And you want to make sure that you know you subscribe to all their stuff, stream their music. And when that new album comes out sometime in 2022, you're going to want to make sure you buy it. Yes, I said buy it, not just stream it. You're going to want to get a physical copy, a digital copy, whatever it might be to make sure you have that for life because well you want to be part of this family welcome to the family baby so again i want to thank mindy Manny, and ryan for being on the podcast make sure you follow everything with dying oath and follow along with them become part of the family also make sure you follow along with us at msd rocks and the corporate progression podcast by the beginning of 2022 we are going to be exclusively just the corporate progression podcast content will remain the same pretty much throughout but we're just going to focus in more on the podcast side of things oh yeah so make sure you follow along with everything, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, where you can stream the podcast, Five Out Podcast, iHeartRadio, and Amazon. I will have links in the description of the podcast for you all there. And again, thank you, Phoenix Fitness, for sponsoring this video and podcast. Man, I can't wait to see these guys play live once again. I can't wait to make them that promise and actually feel like, you know, in person, part of the family, even though I already feel part of the family already, but I want to get that in person, baby. So on that note, that's going to be for me, guys. Thank you for listening to the Card Progression Podcast. First of MSD Rocks, Rock and Metal Thrive. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I am every single way. So the big, healthy, and hearty. See ya! Yeah!